0: Hi pet business owners. I hope you are doing well. I have an unusual episode for you today and I'm really excited for you to hear it. Before I get into that episode, I just want to remind you, I have got some monthly webinars happening this month, next month, the month after, you can check it out. It's an opportunity to be able to attend a course with me at a very, very low price. So if you'd like to go to the webinars and workshops page on the website, you can do that. You can also go to the show notes page, which is prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 124. That is the number 124. Again, com forward slash podcast 124. I also want to let you know I have another podcast that is happening now. I've recently released it and there are a handful of episodes that you can hear right now. And it is coaching sessions with all types of business owners. I have lots of pet business owners that are going to be on that podcast, but also various types of businesses like restaurant owners, a money coach, a therapist, (laughs) and a realtor. The list goes on and on of the different types of business owners that I work with in my new podcast. It is called business pathfinder and there will be a link to business pathfinder in the show notes you can find it on the same app that you're using to listen to this podcast so if you want to pause this right now and search for business pathfinder and then follow or subscribe you can do that and that way the moment an episode gets released you will see it in your feed And it's getting rave reviews, which I'm so happy about. I know some of you have listened to it, have reviewed it. That means a lot to me. I really, really appreciate your ratings and reviews. It helps business owners like you find my podcast. And so again, just really, really appreciate your help and support. This is definitely a passion of mine. I love helping business owners in their businesses. There's something really wonderful for me about being able to dig in in terms of a question, a challenge, a business issue with a business owner, and to have you all be able to listen to it as I dig into it is really exhilarating. It can be kind of scary. It can be challenging, but Overall, I absolutely love it. And as you know, for this podcast, for the coaching sessions, it gets very little editing because I really want you to be able to step into my coaching office as if you were a fly on the wall to be able to listen to me working with a pet business owner. And it's the same on the Business Pathfinder podcast. Same thing, very little editing. It's real, it's raw, it's relatable even if you can't relate to the type of business owner that I'm working with in terms of what type of business they have, you will probably be able to relate to the issue because so many issues are the same across the board, regardless of what kind of business you have. So I encourage you to check that out if that's something that interests you. And now I want to just share a little bit about the episode that you're about to hear. This was a session. It wasn't a coaching session. It was an interview that someone did, another podcaster did with me. It's for the Friendship in Real Life podcast. That's Friendship IRL podcast. And I was interviewed and had a nice conversation with Alex Alexander, the host of that podcast. It's all about friendship. So why am I bringing up friendship on a business podcast? Here's why. It is really challenging for a lot of business owners to be able to connect with their friends when they have a business that is requiring their attention. But if you've read anything about happiness recently, you probably know that a big source of happiness is friendship, right? It's connecting with friends. Now, in this podcast episode that I'm releasing now, it's the interview that happened on Friendship IRL with me and Alex interviewing me, you're going to hear me talk about how hard it is sometimes for me to connect with my friends and my family. I often set dates with my friends and what I experience, you may be able to relate to this, I don't know, but... What I often experience is a reluctancy to wanting to actually see that friend or that family member on the day that it happens. It doesn't mean that I don't want to connect with them. I do. But often on that day, I just find myself dragging my heels and it feels like I have to kind of force myself to do it, to you know, get in my car, go drive to wherever I drive to meet my friend or my family member. But what's on the other side of that is, I never wish I hadn't done it. I'm always glad I did. And you may be able to relate to that. So we talk about that. We talk about a lot of other friendship-related challenges, issues, and the importance of friendship. So this may be a booster shot that can help you really... Dive into your friendships. You know, make that call this week to your friend. Make that call this week to your family member. Set up a date in real life, right? A lot of us are really hungry for that. However, like me, you may get to that date when you have to get in your car to meet your friend and you may feel reluctant. Well, this episode may help you in terms of kind of pushing you forward. So without further ado, here is my episode in its entirety with Alex Alexander as she's interviewing me for her podcast, Friendship In real life. Enjoy.
1: Hello, hello. I am so excited for this episode today. Today we have Kristen Morrison. Kristen is a business coach and a podcaster herself. Kristen contacted me because she found my podcast randomly on Apple Podcasts, which is, I mean, thrilling to me. I can't believe people can do that. And we had this whole idea about talking about making business friends. And as you'll see in this episode, this episode did not turn out being about business friends. It turned out to be one big conversation about the everyday actions we're taking intentionally, where we're putting our energy to build the connections that we want. And with that, let's get to today's episode. Kristen, we're together. We
0: are, Alex. Nice to see you again.
1: Nice to see you. I've been thinking about our chat the other day, multiple times. I was telling someone yesterday, actually, a friend. So for anybody that doesn't know, I've never really talked about this. For guests I don't know before, Mm -hmm. I do a quick discovery call. So Kristen and I have chatted very briefly about what we might talk about on the podcast. But somebody was saying or no I was telling them about how you found my podcast and you liked it and you shared it (laughs) and then you're like can you just take a minute and take that in yeah and I so appreciate that because we all need that and we need that call out sometimes yeah so thank you for that
0: Yeah, I saw you kind of moving on to the next thing, and I thought, this is a moment, this is an opportunity to really accept what you've created. It's not easy to create a podcast, and this is a really important topic, especially I think right now with how disconnected many of us feel as a result of the pandemic and the divisiveness that's happened in the United States and other parts of the world as well. I think it's an opportunity for us to really see our similarities, you know, instead of our differences. And And in that moment, it was just like, I really wanted you to, to land in what you've created. And I love that you were willing to do that. It was great. You know, I've talked about this on here a lot.
1: This is a wild ride. I never intended to do this. I never intended to talk about community and friendship. I didn't know I had anything to say. I mean, I truly get on here and hit record. I was thinking about this just before. Like, this is wild that this is what I do now. (laughs) Yeah. I can't (laughs) believe
0: this. (sighs) I could talk about this topic all day, which is why I had to start the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I shared it with my Facebook community, and one woman said, oh my God, I think this is going to be my new favorite podcast. Mm. And I said, that's wonderful. So I wanted you to know that. She said, this is right up my alley. I already love it.
1: (laughs) Thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. I I still can't believe that people are out here that I've never met before listening. And you told me that you found it just
0: like via Apple podcasts. I did. Yeah. So I was looking at different topics. So they kind of highlight different topics and friendship came up and I was like, Ooh, cause that's one of my goals for this year is to really put energy into my friendship. So that's why it kind of lit up for me when I saw that. And yours was like fifth or sixth out of 10 in a row. And I liked the cover art. I was like, oh, that's unusual. And I liked the title of it. I thought that was compelling, you know, in real life wow, what a concept. (laughs) Right? Not in the movies. Yeah. Yeah, or not just texting or things like that, but actually seeing and being with people. And and so I was very drawn to it right away. And then listening to the episodes took me even deeper. It was like, oh, this is so good. This is medicine. Yeah. Thank you. I can see you're taking it in. Thank you. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I'm very grateful for you to be here and that you found my podcast. And this is going to be such a great episode for people. You know, you mentioned that friendship and community is one of your goals this year or Mm -hmm. focuses maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you've also told me about how this seems to be a goal for a lot of people that when you bring this up to others,
0: a lot of people are also feeling this way. Yep. Yeah. I had a goal setting workshop that I taught recently and people had the opportunity to share very briefly what one of their goals was for the year and friendship kept coming up. It was a real big theme for a lot of people where they wanted to put their energy. And I think as a result of the disconnection that a lot of people are feeling due to the pandemic, but also due to technology, you know, we think it's going to bring us closer and it can in a way like here Mm -hmm. we are together, right? What a wonderful thing. And yet it can also create a level of disconnection where we don't really know People at that deep level that we might if we hang out with them on a regular, ongoing basis.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, I think technology is a beautiful tool, but if we let it be the entirety of our relationships, that can get a lot of people in trouble. Now, I do have an episode in the works. I mean, I'm saying can, Mm -hmm. because I think there's other perspectives and I have a really cool episode that I'm just, it's going to be great. But yeah, I think being with people, experiencing life, having conversations, whatnot, can't be replaced by just texting, Zoom, watching Instagram stories. There's not that same back and forth, like in the
0: moment. Yeah. I took a social media break last year for a few weeks, and that's a big deal as a business owner, you Mm. know, to take a a break from social media. But what I noticed, well, there were a few things that I noticed. One is I just felt calmer and more peaceful as a result of, of not being on social media as much as I might be just because I have a few different businesses and a lot of my community is there. But I also noticed that it caused me to connect more with my friends, actually calling them on the phone, actually setting up dates for us to connect, because I didn't know what was happening in their lives, and I wanted to know. And social media is such a quick, easy fix for that. It's like, oh, I'm going to go on Instagram and see what my friends are doing, or Facebook. And that's great. Absolutely. I love that. And I was kind of, in a way, forced to, like, if I want to know how my friends are doing, I need to pick up the phone, <laughs> you know, or text them and say, let's
1: get together. May you got to, like, take action instead of being passive. That's right. Initiate. I have two quick points here. First one, I talked about this the other day on social media. When you are texting or... I mean, even voice memoing, zooming, you know, it's such a narrow window. Like if I'm doing that, I'm controlling what I tell my friends, which means if there's anything vulnerable, I don't have to show them that. And this doesn't need to be some big vulnerability. It could just literally mean where you point your camera looks clean, but on the other side of the room is massive piles of stuff. And when we invite people into our lives, like if somebody comes into our home, we can shut doors and do things, but they're still getting to see things that we aren't necessarily showing them. So if they're in your house and you open your fridge, they suddenly see maybe some of the items in your fridge. And that might not seem like a big deal, but it's giving your friend an insight into the things you like, the things you buy. Maybe it's leading them to some questions like they notice there's no dairy in there and suddenly they think, oh, does she not eat dairy? I do eat dairy, by the way. But the lack of controlled view into our lives allows people to notice things about us. And we just aren't getting that when everything is virtual. The second thing that we touch on here is... You know, when you go off social media, having to initiate and reach out. Now, I like social media. I think there's a lot of positives. But I do think one thing that's interesting is social media lets us, let's say, look at the posts that our friends make, but we don't give any feedback. Yeah, maybe we like it, whatever maybe we comment something. But whatever is posted on social media, whatever your feelings are on that of, wow, I'm so proud of them. It's not reciprocated in quite the same way as if we told our friend that to their face and then we saw their face light up and they were excited for us and they said, oh my gosh, I'm so happy for you. It's just different. And I'm not saying it's good or bad. Again, I think that technology is a useful tool and it helps us all connect more, but I also think that it's interesting because there's so much out there about wanting reciprocal relationships, and yet technology is not giving us the same level of reciprocation as those in-person moments. Now, those in-person moments also require a lot more vulnerability. I'm not saying it's good or it's bad. I'm just throwing something out there to think about. I think about
0: energy a lot when it comes to friendship and community. That's a great point, Alex. I really love that you bring that up because I had this experience of this brunch that was happening last Sunday. My sister-in-law created it. She organized it, did all the heavy lifting for it. Friends and family were going to be there. And I love these people a lot. It's always a joy to be with them in person. I just, I get a lot from it. But what I was noticing is when I thought about the energy that it was going to take to drive there and to show up and just be there and then drive home, it was quite far away. I could feel myself kind of thinking, ah, I'm not sure if I want to go or not. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it was over before it even started when I tuned into my energy. But the thing is, is that sometimes, maybe even oftentimes for me, I have to push myself. It's like exercise, right? I never look back on a workout and think, God, I wish I hadn't done that. When I actually make time and push through that energy, what I perceive as energy depletion And I actually show up for my friends and the dates that we've set. I always am so grateful that I did it.
1: I saw this really interesting article. I'll find it. I'll put it in the show notes. But it was about how after the past few years, we've gotten really good at being lonely.
0: Yeah. That's profound.
1: The new baseline is kind of like being lonely when you're bored you kind of just sink into it instead of putting the energy in to get yourself out of it or to see other people or do other things Mm -hmm. and I think when that feels like the normal it's hard to put energy in and then add to it the fact that Getting out there and doing these things, you know, people have this sense of, like, friendship and community should be happy all the time and always feel good and bring positivity to my life. And, like, there's this positive vibes only idea. Yeah. And friendship is no different, as you put, exercise. Like, it's no different than having to lace up your shoes, get yourself out the door. After a while... It starts to feel more comfortable. You know you can trust the like runner's high that's coming. Yeah. And the only way to do that is like frequency of going, yeah.
0: which I think is kind of what you're talking about. Yeah. It's like if we're waiting to feel like we want to do something good for ourselves, we may be waiting the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. It sometimes does require us to go past those feelings of, it's like, I don't want to do this or resistance, right? It is like lifting weights. It's going to feel awkward or it's going to feel exhausting perhaps to actually do it. But then there may be energy Gained from it. And I say that as I would consider myself a social introvert. Mm -hmm. I do love people. I love connecting with people and I get my energy from alone time. And that includes time away from my husband as well. Yeah. I really need it. And I'm putting a lot out into the world. And so I have to bring it back home. That being said, though, There still is positive energy that I get when I push past my resistance, my introverted resistance, you know, and and actually make it happen. And this brunch that I went on was so wonderful. It's like I learned a lot. I was sharing with you that I learned that my sister-in-law was taking her son, her autistic son, to the dentist the next day. Yeah, And she had a lot of feelings around that. And she shared that with us at the brunch. And I reached out to her the next day and said, I'm thinking about you. I want you to know that you're in my mind. And so is my nephew, Jackson, you know? And that really touched her. And that would not have happened. Like, I don't think she would have texted me and said, I'm feeling these feelings around going to the dentist tomorrow with my son But being there in person, it was an opportunity for her to to share what was there for her.
1: I have this thing where I think about when we get together with people, it's a lot of catching up, it's a lot of Mm -hmm. filling each other in on life. Yeah. You know, sitting around a table. And don't get me wrong, I love sitting around a table and having dinner with friends. But when you're doing that, you're not living in the present. And I kind of feel like there needs to be this point when you're with people where you're almost kind of bored together, <laughs> like that's where the magic happens when you're in the moment again, after you've filled each other in. And yeah. that's where those, I think, little admissions come out of, you know, like she was probably sitting there realizing that this was weighing on her tomorrow. Yeah. And then maybe it was like, you know, I'm really anxious about having to go to the dentist tomorrow. Yeah. Or it could be something as silly as last weekend. On a trip with friends, we were laying around bored, and our friend, who's a physical therapist, was like, do you know that when you wake up, you're half an inch taller? Oh. (laughs) And we were like, really? Okay. And then suddenly, he had the tape measure out. We were staying with them because we were in New Orleans. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And like we measured ourselves before we went to bed, and we went and measured ourselves in the morning.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Like, we're bored. Yeah. Fun facts come out. Like now, we're in the moment. We are like doing yeah. these silly things together. I
0: and love I think that.
1: that that's hard to do via text or Zoom. And then we need to get in a room with people to kind of be in that present moment. And that's where those connections are. And then they lead to things like continuing to connect, you know, reaching out the next day saying you're thinking of her.
0: Mm-hmm. It has a ripple effect. And, you know, something that happened last year that was very challenging for me with a friend and it actually started with me pushing past my resistance. So I had a friend who had cancer and she was in remission Mm. and she was in Arizona living, but she was coming through the Bay area. I live part-time in California, part-time in Hawaii. And I was in California when she was doing her road trip. And so she wanted to come by and see me and I almost said no because I had these few days to myself my husband was away on a trip and it's it was really precious in a way so I had to really think about it but I did I chose to see her we had an amazing time together her cancer came back like Hmm. a month later after that time and I was feeling so grateful Like, this is the extreme version, right? I was feeling so grateful that I saw her that day. And then she started to go on the decline. Mm. And I was about ready to launch a big project with my business. And this is, you know, where business owners can choose business sometimes, myself included, over friendships or relationships. So I was kind of faced with, I've got something that's actually going to be ready to launch. I've been planning it for almost a year. Yeah, it's a long time. Right. And yet here's my friend who looks like she may be dying. And I decided, and I'm not saying this because I'm, you know, such a wonderful person or a Pollyanna or whatever, but she really needed help. She had moved from the Bay Area fairly recently. And so she didn't have support. Her and her husband did not have support there. And it was a pivotal time. And I decided that I was going to be with her in the hospital for a week. And I did that. And then I came back home and I was so glad I did. I just like put my project on pause, came back, and then she needed me again. Her husband needed me. He needed a break. Caretaker, you know, fatigue is real. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, it's so big. And so... I went again and actually a lot of our common friends contributed money to me going. No. It was amazing they made it happen where they contributed and I went and was with her for another week and she died a few days after I came back. Mm. You know, I, I want to say her name. Her name is Tara. And she impacted thousands upon thousands of people, myself included. And one of the motivating factors was, of course, that she needed me. Mm-hmm. But it was also that there were ways that I hadn't shown up for her when she was vitally alive that I wished I had. And so it was like a living amends in a way. Mm. While she was still here, when she absolutely needed me for me to show up and not just give her thoughts and prayers, right? It's like, I'm going to be a boots on the ground friend. But I would say that
1: I don't know what ways you would feel like you didn't show up for her before. You were uniquely positioned because you own your business and you have the flexibility. Yes. To go. And stay with them. And mm-hmm. there may not have been other friends who could do that. I know that because I'm also uniquely positioned to do that. And I offer that up all the time. Mm-hmm. Those other things you felt like maybe you should have done, do I know what those are? No. But when you were uniquely positioned, you did the thing. You know, I think sometimes I we feel like we need to do it all for everyone. And I really think if we kind of figure out what our strengths are and offer those up and do those things, yeah. like cumulatively, that's what's going to provide the support we all yeah. need to each other.
0: Yeah. And these were things that wouldn't have been a big deal for me, but they were a big deal for my friend. And I knew that my not doing them was hard for her. So that's why I'm saying that. I actually... I'm really good at setting boundaries and saying no and but sometimes the no is automatic rather than me really checking in and thinking oh okay you know in the past I think if friendship wasn't such a focus that I want to focus on yeah and last year it was a focus for me as well I would have chosen my launch, my business launch hmm. over my friend, I would have because I had worked on it. You know, there would have been all these excuses. People do it all the time. Yeah. And not to say that, you know, for those listening, if you are in that position that, you know, maybe you do need to do that for yeah. whatever reason and it doesn't work for you to go stop what you're doing. But when I really tuned into myself I knew without a shadow of a doubt it was the right thing to do to be there for her. Yeah. And really wanting to do that more for my friends when I can. You know, you said earlier that your friendships and relationships are
1: a real priority for the you this year. You said that in your group that a lot of people are telling you This is also a priority for them. I am purely curious. Mm -hmm. I have this theory that most people don't really prioritize this area of life because they don't really know what to do to make an impact. Like, we're not really taught these habits and skills around friendship as adults where we have to be more intentional. Yeah. And then there's obviously a lot of stories and limiting beliefs. Like, do you kind of get the sense from people that? They aren't investing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think they're exhausted. At mm-hmm. least that was in the goal setting workshop that I taught, it was primarily business owners who are trying to catch up after the pandemic. Yeah. And kind of knock them on their butts. You know, I mean, everybody's trying to catch up oh, after the last few years in every round. That's
1: right. Families That's right. needing support, people being but yes, they're yeah. one of many categories for sure.
0: And I think a limiting belief that's very common out there, well, two that I think of when we spoke about a couple of days ago, which is that limiting belief of, I can only have so many friends and that like automatically creating this boundary around the amount of friends and Mm -hmm. what if somebody great comes in? Like, you know, so that, and I've, I've had that too in the past of like, I can only have so many friends but the other thing is it's like that investing in friendships is going to be a struggle, right? Before I've even started. And sometimes yeah. that's true and sometimes it isn't. But also the limiting belief of I'm maybe too old to make friends. Like mm-hmm. that ship has sailed. Like when I was in college, it was easy. Oh, or, yeah. you know, and there are a lot of articles that back that up. I say that in quotes. I have found it incredibly easy to make friends as an adult. Incredibly easy. Now, that's not to say that my whole adult life, I've had lots of friends. We spoke a couple days ago about how when I started my business, my first business in my early 20s, I didn't know any other business owners. Yeah, that's common. Yeah. And so I didn't have connections that really understood what I was going through as a business owner. And it's very kind of unique, you know, if you're a business owner, business owners can understand maybe people that are outside of that can't quite understand, right? So after, you know, a few years of being a very lonely business owner and really not prioritizing friendships that, yeah, with people that didn't have businesses, because I thought they wouldn't understand, I ended up becoming a part of a business group that's kind of spiritually based and business based. It's I love that sweet spot of spirituality. It's not religious, but spiritual and business. Mm-hmm. I love that because I think the two can kind of dovetail really nicely together. And so I had all of these people all of a sudden that were business owners, like-minded souls. And I've been a part of that group now for over 20 years. Mm, So long. Yeah. And now we meet on Zoom. It used to be in person. We'll probably go back to in person at some point again. But most of the women that were in my wedding, I got married five years ago. And that was another limiting belief that I had to get out of as I'm too old to get married. I'd never mm. been married before and it's like, you know but what if I'm the perfect age to get married? Let's mm, yeah. knock that belief on its side. And that became true for me and then I met my husband. We've been married for five years, but most of the women in my wedding party, I had eight women in my wedding party and six of those were from my business group. They are deep and wonderful souls. I love this so much. This is yeah.
1: an example of so many factors all at once that people don't believe is possible for them. Yeah. You know, finding support in an area of their life that they feel alone, having a group that lasts that long, making close enough friendships, kind of like taking them outside of that work realm into your personal life. Yep, So many things that people aren't sure how to do. So if we talk about the business group itself I'm just like curious yeah, yeah about some things like when you decided you were tired of being lonely as a business owner did you set out to find a specific group did this group kind of just come into your view like did you make the intention to go out there and find business friends No, (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. I didn't. I actually made it an intention to get better at becoming a business owner. And so that was my motivating factor for finding this group. I ended up discovering it and went once and was like, I have come home. It felt like I can breathe with these people, like really, really special special group of men and women from all types of business realms
1: what had you been doing before this
0: oh before i became a business owner or? no 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 like before this group
1: was your mindset kind of like to make it to the top you got to go alone or were you trying to lean on other friends for business things and that wasn't working out
0: like what were you doing before you found these people yeah i was Really focused on business and had left some of my friends kind of in the dust, kind mm-hmm. of like when some people, and myself included, when I've gotten into relationships, you know, and romantic relationships, and then all of a sudden I'm with that person all the time and not with my friends. Mm-hmm. My business was kind of my primary partner at that point. (laughs) I wasn't in a romantic relationship. Yeah. And so that became where I put most of my energy and attention because I wanted to be successful. And I love to use that word successful in quotes because a lot of people equate success with money, Mm -hmm. And I did too, just in the beginning of being a business owner, just as part of the unconscious belief out there that money is success. But really what I was noticing is at a certain point in my business, I had a lot of money, but not a lot of time. And I realized that I wanted both. I wanted to create time and money. And I didn't know anyone in my circle, this was before being a part of this group, that had both time and money. They either had a lot of money and not a lot of time, like I did, or they had a lot of time and they were stressed about money. Yep. And either one of those, both of those are factors for living a life that is stressful right? (laughs) Really stressful. Yeah, And so I wanted to create a life and a work life that had both time and money. And there are a number of ways that I ended up creating that. I'm not going to go into that right now. But what I will say is that as I was really exploring that theme for myself of wanting to create a life that had time and money, I realized that I wanted time because relationships were actually the barometer for my feeling of success. Like the quality of my relationships were what contributed to me feeling successful as a human being and also as a business owner. You know, if I am a very successful business owner, but I have few friends and my romantic relationship is suffering or non-existent, that to me is not a successful life or a successful business. Yeah. Who do you have to share it with? Exactly.
1: Who do you tell about your successes? Who do you go to in the hard times? That's right.
0: That's right. We're just truly not meant to do it all alone. We aren't. And even for those of us that are introverts, you know, that really thrive on being alone, at the end of the day, being alone isn't going to, I think, nourish and nurture us the way allowing people to come into our lives does. Mm -hmm. And we allow people to come into our lives by creating time and space for them. And so I'm thinking about when I wanted to manifest my husband, you know, it was like I put time and energy into that. So I started dating, but I also created space in my very tiny bedroom at the time. I lived in a very small cottage. My bed could barely fit in there, but I knew I wanted to create, I wanted to do some feng shui, you know, yeah. so to create space. That's what the feng shui is. It's like creating intentional space for what we want to show up to show up. And so, I moved my bed a little far away from the wall. I put a little nightstand there for my future partner so that my he would have a spot, yeah, to put his mug of tea in the morning, you know. And so, we do that too. We can do feng shui with our schedules. Like if we don't have any blank space in our schedule in our calendar, Where do we put our relationships? Well, I would venture to say, too, it's not even,
1: like, blank space, yes, but also, you know, where are we already living life Mm. that we could do those activities, have those conversations, sit in thought, share those experiences with somebody, you know, in the romantic realm We're talking about like creating space in your home physically. Mm -hmm. But in friendships, you know, if you're somebody who wants a friend that'll come over and have a barbecue with you and your family, starting to think about inviting friends over and intermixing them with your family, like your kids playing with someone else's kids. Yes. You can block out slots in your schedule and or just find places where you can incorporate people in. Business is a great example. You can block out your calendar to find a business group. That's great. But then once you do that, are you going to like business conferences together? Are you sitting down monthly and comparing your finances and new hires and getting advice? Are you maybe yeah. sitting in on a meeting with each other and just kind of giving advice later? There's so many ways you
0: can let people in yeah you're right and what we used to do in the business group is some of us would go out to lunch after Mm. and it was so sweet because it was like the business group was kind of it was business you know but then we would go and we would enjoy each other's company after through eating lunch through finding out about their family their passions all of that that was beautiful And I miss that a lot, actually. So I'm looking forward to when we do go back to in-person to be able to have lunch with everybody again.
1: If you have been around, if you've listened to my other podcast episodes, you have heard me talk about this concept of roots. This is this theory that I made up that talks about or explains the ways our friendships are being held together. And so what's happening here is this business group is a shared experience route. Kristen goes, meets with these people regularly. They talk about business. If she went home and had a business question, she might text them later because this is their shared experience. They connect around business. What she's referring to with the lunches after is what I call an offshoot route. So when you're doing these things with people, when you're at your business group, when you're at a running club, when you're at the PTA meeting, offshoot routes are the things that because you're already together, it's easy to initiate. It's easy to end the PTA meeting and say, does anyone want to grab a bite to eat at the place next door? Or... As she's saying here, when you are at the business group, anyone want to grab lunch? If you're at the running group, does anyone want to get together tomorrow and run the same route? It's kind of these things you throw out. They're related, but the thing is when you do these, they aren't exactly the shared experience. Like you could go to lunch and fall back and just have business combo the entire time, and everyone would feel incredibly comfortable. But because there's no structure here, you can start to kind of work in those personal questions of, oh, where are you from? Do you live nearby? Are you in a relationship? Like you kind of start to find these things out and you might ask those at the business meeting, but you're probably there a little more focused. Not always, but sometimes. Anyways, that's how I describe these kind of
0: add-on connections is I call them offshoot roots. You know, as you were talking, Alex, I was thinking about my wonderful neighbor who lives I live in a very unusual area in Northern California. It's on a boardwalk and okay. we park our car and we have to walk five minutes to get to our house okay. on a narrow boardwalk. You know, our f- front yard is the water. Our backyard is like a tidal marsh and it's really special and beautiful, but it sounds a little weird. So I have to explain it a little bit. So anyway, it's a very tight knit community because there are 50 homes here and you have to really take some effort to get here, right? Yeah. You have to You have to walk. want to live there to, you have to want do to some live of there. these things. Yeah, yeah, and traverse the rain and everybody has carts and all of that. So all of this to be said, there's this woman, Julie, who moved in maybe about two years ago. And she's such a community builder. She has created, like she'll put on the online message board, come on over for game night or I'm having a barbecue for Labor Day. You know, bring whatever you want, but do let me know so that we don't have all desserts, you know? And when she had an event, the last event that she had, it was just joyous, like us all connecting, all these neighbors. She said to me, hardly any couples ever invite me over because Mm. I'm single. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, I had forgotten about that, like what it's like to be a single person with a lot of married friends. And it really, like, I bookmarked that thought and I was like, I am going to start to invite single friends over, Mm -hmm. not just married friends.
1: Yeah, this is a real thing. I have talked about this with a lot of people, and that's mainly because. My husband and I are very intentional about trying to build our own friendships. So say we became friends with you and your husband. The way we look at it is not necessarily just like you're our couple friends. We are one unit. You are one unit. Mm -hmm. The way we look at it is that couple friend dynamic is one. Yep. Me being friends with you is one. Our husband's being friends, but then also me being friends with your husband and you being friends with my husband. And we're not all going to be equal closeness. Like sometimes we might kind of be more of that, I call like a familiar friend acquaintance type thing, but we make a real big point to figure out like, what are our shared interests? Mm -hmm. What do we talk about with each other? And what they talk about might be different than what you and I talk about, might be different than what the four of us talk about. Anyways, the point of this was to say, I think when you think of it that way, it makes it easier to be friends with the single people. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's not us as a couple versus the single person. Yeah. It's like each of us having our own friendship with them.
0: Yeah. And autonomy.
1: Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a unit where like the three of us always have to hang out. but. I think that that's a real, real thing. People get kind of like siloed in to, you know, looking for couple friends or single people or whatnot, versus just trying to find
0: some shared interests among them. Exactly. Yeah, I was really glad that she was vulnerable enough to share that because it made an impact on me. It really did. And then you never know, like
1: you might, I'm trying to think of my friendships, like somebody's husband, a friend of mine's husband, I don't have an exact example in my mind, but they might also own a business. And then that might be our connection is kind of talking about what's going on in our businesses, what's new, what we've seen, what we're trying, how we're marketing ourselves, whatever,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: instead of it just being like, oh... You're my friend's husband. Like we really try and find the connection points.
0: That's great. I really like that. I think that's so important. And I love the consciousness that you bring to friendship and that your husband does too, it sounds like. Since this entire episode kind of ended up being about like
1: the energy we are putting into our friendships, the choices we are consciously making the little ones that are adding up to build our friendships, I just want to reiterate what we just talked about. And that is, instead of passively depending on this idea of couple friends, Michael and I go in to these dynamics, each consciously trying to find the things we can connect with the people in the room about. So whether that is a single person or another couple, We both take on the responsibility ourselves to figure out what interests we share with each person, not just the couple, because that is what's going to make it so that, say we went on a trip with some couple friends of ours, and Michael was off doing something, and... The person, the friend I'm closer with in that couple is off doing something, and now it is me and my friend's spouse sitting there. And if we're just relying on this couple-friend dynamic, then it's probably awkward and silent. But if we've figured out some basic things that we're interested in, at least, if not more, we might have all sorts of things we're interested in, that we share an interest in. We can sit around by ourselves for hours and that in my mind is what i'm trying to build where it i'm not dependent on that dynamic of four people it could be two it could be three it could be all four can switch in and out but when we show up and we get to know these people we are both consciously trying to do our own work and build our own connections with the single friend or the couples. I mean, we talked earlier about like the limiting beliefs and people feeling lonely. Like society really gives us this message of whittle it down to just a few core people. All you need is that small circle, find a romantic partner. Yeah. And that if I think about it, like I'm a very complex person with a lot of interests, a lot of passions, a business, all these things thinking that my husband and maybe three friends would share all those interests is wild yeah it's impossible it's impossible mhm so needing to really like take control myself and find this more diverse support system where I do have people to turn to for the variety of parts of my life
0: yeah yeah I can remember this moment in time of reading an article of like, you only really need three friends, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) three really good friends and you're good, you know, and realizing, okay, I don't want to have more than three friends. Like I, I made a decision based on that article. Yep, Because I felt like I couldn't give, like we were talking about earlier, couldn't give energy to all of my friendships, but different friendships require different things and outputs of energy. And so I just realized after that, after making that decision and then noticing how my life kind of shrunk instead of expanded in a really flourishing way, I threw that away, that belief. (laughs) And I thought, who am I to limit the love that I can give and receive. Like as a human being, we're capable of so much. We are. And I think trying to contain that love to I'm just going to have love for my partner, my family, and three friends (laughs) is like, I don't want to go there. I want to have a more fluid experience with my friendships and allow love in. As much as wants to come to me. It really boxes us into, I think,
1: right? When you cut it off like that, you're not allowing in these outside influences, these potential support, these windows into other ways to live, more information. Yep. And I get that that can be kind of overwhelming, but I have found that letting more people in is the fastest way to figuring out who I am, what I care about, who I love, who yeah. I turn to, how I can support other people versus closing it off. I will admit I've never closed it off to three friends, so I don't know exactly what that's like. But on the other end of the spectrum, I just think that more people, more intentional people maybe is a good way to put it. You know, if you're just out there trying to collect a hundred best friends, that would be really overwhelming. Yeah. But if you spend the time to really think about like, why do I enjoy this person in my life? What do they bring to my life? What do I bring to theirs? Then it becomes easier to Mm -hmm. see the ways, like maybe they're asking for support and you're like, they're not even really asking me. Mm -hmm. They know I'm not the right person to ask for this, you know, like the business thing with my husband. I could wander around my house being like, I just need somebody to tell me how to, I don't know, automate the podcast or something. I could be yelling that and he knows, he's like, "That is, I don't have the answer to that question. I'm never going to have the answer to that question. He's just going to like go about his day. Yeah. And he doesn't feel the pressure to provide that answer because he knows I have plenty of people to turn to. Yeah. And I think that's because we've taken the time to be intentional and know that this isn't his
0: strength. Yeah, I think intentionality is a really important factor in this. Mm -hmm. It's being intentional about letting go of limiting beliefs that we may have about friendships. It's being willing to create space in our schedule for friendships. Or like you said, and or invite people into our existing experiences. Yeah, Yeah. our life. Hey, we all have to eat, you know? Why not invite a friend over for dinner? (laughs) You have to do it anyway. And my husband and I are very intentional, actually, about dinner. We always have dinner together. It's just our thing. And I don't even think about it anymore, but that's an option.
1: I mean, there's just so many, it's not the holidays right now, but I use this one all the time of like, around the holidays, a lot of people got to wrap presents.
0: That's right.
1: There's no reason. Yeah. You couldn't just say, hey, I have a lot of wrapping paper, bring a couple rolls, I have tape, I have scissors, put your presents in a laundry basket and come over and we can all just sit here and wrap together. That's awesome. I love that. You know, we all need to, I don't know, take our car To get an oil change. To get an oil change. Let's go. Do we all want to meet at the coffee shop down the road or go for a walk or sit across the street? Like sometimes I think we have time. If I'm just sitting there at an oil change, I'm either working, which might be productive, but might just be me trying to fill the time, or scrolling. Yes. And maybe I'm reading. That's great. That's maybe Mm -hmm. I feel a little bit around that use of time. Maybe I go on a walk. That's good for my mental health. but. Mm -hmm. There's just this variety of ways I think we can bring
0: people into our lives. Yes. Yeah. So to look at the existing activities that we have going on already, what are we doing that perhaps to bring a friend into those could enhance our life and theirs? Mm -hmm. And what areas
1: is our, our focus?
0: Yeah. You know, what activities right. are
1: we doing, but also what areas are we focused on? If Business or kids or travel. Mm-hmm. Like kind of trying to be intentional about which of our friends are the people we could talk to about that stuff. Whether it's to learn something or to get support or just because we love travel and we want to spend some time just like talking to someone about all the places they've been and where we might want to go and what our next trip is.
0: Yeah. Like
1: daydream a little bit about
0: it. Exactly. I love that. Going back to being intentional. So one of the things as far as my goals for the each week and each month is that I'm going to connect with a friend. Mm-hmm. I think having these guidelines can be really important because it quantifies it, you know, not to get too data driven, but I think it's there's something about setting a goal around friendship. So for me it's on a weekly basis, connecting with at least one friend. Yep. You know, however that is done, but me initiating. And then every month, connecting with two or more friends in real life.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's funny you're saying, like, this isn't data driven. I've had so many people push back on this because I talk about doing exactly what you're doing, setting a like incredibly manageable goal, mm-hmm. whether it's texting, getting together, reaching out, sending a note, whatever it is. There's a lot of different goals you can send, you know, and I've had people push back like, well, just because you do that doesn't mean people are going to accept or whatnot. Okay. Hear me out. (laughs) The thing is we can never control the other person Mm -hmm. in these relationships. All we can control is ourselves. And there are a lot of people out there who have a lot of beliefs about who they are as a friend and as a community member, as a connection, whatever. And a lot of them are not good. A lot of people would say, like, I'm bad at making friends. I am a bad friend. I'm not active in my communities, whatever the belief is. So really, part of the setting of the goals and the consistency and the keeping of the goals Is just proving to yourself that you are a person who can make friends, who can be an active contributor, who can belong somewhere. Like you're doing these small actions. Now, whether the person answers the phone call or not, whether you actually get together for dinner, whatever the outcome is, I think my own personal theory, that it's actually less important because if you start to believe that you're the type of person who has friends and is a contributing member and all that, it's like the lacing up of the tennis shoes. Like You will start to find that maybe you just naturally pick up the phone and call someone without it being on your to-do list or Mm -hmm. you volunteer to partake in your neighborhood's barbecue on a more significant level And I think just so many people don't believe they are this type of person. And like the first step is to prove to yourself that you are.
0: Yes, exactly. And I think it's a habit too, right? Oh, yeah. So it's cultivating that habit and creating that awareness out of sight, out of mind is is a real thing for people that, tend to be busy, especially busy business owners, right? And so that's why I think bringing an awareness to gamifying it or creating goals for it is going to create awareness so that it does become a natural part of life, but it's not going to feel natural at first. No. It requires initiating. It requires reaching out. It requires taking the time And that can be had if it's a part of a goal for the week or the month. Like for me, at the end of the month, I look at my goal setting software that I have that I use to track my goals. And I'm like, oh wow, I did get together with one friend, but I still have, you know, where's the second one? Yeah. I'm gonna make a phone call. Yep. I wanna be able to keep that promise to yourself. You are a person who
1: does this. Yeah. That's
0: right. That I keep my word to myself. And that's where the word starts is like ourselves. And when we make a commitment to ourselves and we don't keep that, then we're likely to not keep our word to others. It really does start with us. And I
1: think that once this becomes a habit, if there is a lull, if like a business takes over or some big life change happens... You feel the difference. Oh, yeah. So after a while, you're going to be like, it's going to be no different than getting back to getting out the door for a run. Yep. You're going to kind of like crave it after a while. Yeah. Now this is just part of who you are, and you'll figure out a new way to bring it in
0: to your life. Yeah, and I think being connected with others helps us feel connected to ourselves, right? Oh, Yeah. It takes the loneliness away and puts it with solitude, which is a much more intentional way to give ourselves what we might need in terms of alone time. Solitude instead of loneliness. And for me, when I am intentional about my friendships and really making time for them, reaching out, connecting with them in real life, then I am nine times out of ten, feeling much more connected to myself as well. Mm -hmm. And that has a ripple effect. It's very life-enhancing, I think. And, you know, in Europe and other parts of the world, including actually Hawaii, people make time for connection. Work isn't the primary driving force for a lot of people outside of the U.S. And sometimes people in Hawaii call... California and other states outside of Hawaii, like America. (laughs) And then, like, are you going back to America? You know, it's funny. But when I'm in Hawaii, it's just like, and they call it talk story. Mm -hmm. Like, people hang out and talk. And they stop on a walk and connect with a stranger. It's just, it's incredible, the difference Mm -hmm. that I notice between... Bay Area, where I am now, and Hawaii. I mean, this is an episode. I could do a whole
1: episode on this. But yeah, I mean, there's a big component of the underlying, like, this podcast, the work I'm doing, that is a little more, like, counterculture, social justice. Being this intentional about friendship and community is counterculture That's to right. mainland U.S.
0: <laughs> it's true. It's very true. However,
1: so many of people's struggles could be alleviated, maybe not entirely, but a good amount if they had more support in a variety of areas of life.
0: Yes. I got an Uber ride from the airport back to my home here last week. And the Uber driver was telling me how he's moving back to his country he lives in Africa Mm -hmm. and he was saying how he tried living in America he called it America for a long time a number of years and he just didn't feel supported Mm -hmm. and in some countries the country actually supports the people right Free healthcare or whatever. It's yep. like there's a level of support in the US. We don't have that to that degree. And also, a lot of us don't make time for friendships. And so, the combination of that can lead to a really disconnected individual, I think. Oh, yes. And yeah.
1: If you got in my DMs,
0: you would see <sighs> some wild stories. I am sure. And I hear wild stories as a business and life coach, too, all the time. Like, I hear people that haven't talked to another human being, except for me, in a week. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, what can we do as individuals to feel more connected and to maybe step out of victimhood, too, of like, I don't feel connected, you know. And then we go down the spiral, the negative spiral, and it's hard to get back out of that. Called the toilet bowl flush, right? I mean, I would argue that I get why people go
1: to the victimhood if that's where you're at. I get it completely, absolutely, because I really, truly don't think people are taught these skills and habits. Yeah, there's really no conversation in everyday life about what this feels like, what this looks like, what people are doing. You know, there are endless books out there on romantic relationships, parent-child relationships. In comparison, there yeah. are so few books on friendship and community. And the first way to get yourself out of anything is information. Yeah, that's right.
0: And we really don't have that. It's hard for people to find It is. And I think admitting that we might need something other than what we have, it's like Mm -hmm. acceptance or Mm -hmm. admitting that there's a problem can be the first step too. And I wasn't in any way trying to shame anyone that perhaps feels victimy around it. I myself have felt that, you know, it's been a while, but because I do feel connected now, but when I wasn't feeling connected, I did go to that place and it seemed impossible to be able to feel connected. Yeah. So I guess I want to speak to those people who might right now be feeling so disconnected and it seems like such a huge hurdle to even make one friend, let alone have three or more. Mm -hmm. Because I know there are people out there that are listening, that are feeling that and if that's where you are, wonderful person, there is hope. There's hope for you. You can change that. And I think it does start with feeling that disconnection, as uncomfortable as that may be, instead of if you're a business owner burying yourself in work because you feel lonely. Yeah. And that being the go to, because there are feelings that you don't want to feel, maybe. Putting that on pause for a moment, even just in this moment right now, and just feeling like, wow, I feel lonely. Okay, I don't have to figure out how to fix this in this moment, but my first step is to just allow myself to feel the contrast of where I am now and where I want to be. And then I would say you're towards the
1: end of this episode, you've listened this far, so you've found a place that has some information. Yeah. The next thing I would say is like really go back and examine what is a friend. I have an episode on this. If you are this person, go listen to that episode because my suggestion would be to pick one area that you want to connect with someone about, whether that's an interest or an area of your life, somewhere you need support, and find that. Like it doesn't need to be this big, overwhelming friendship. Right. Those take, I think we often forget how long, how much time it takes to build that, but the in-between is so valuable. Yeah. And this culture just doesn't see it as valuable, but it is.
0: Yeah. And it's like being in the hallway, right? Between where we are now and where we want to be, that door number three or whatever. Here we are in the hallway not quite having what we want yet, but we can take a step forward. And it can be a step like you mentioned, Alex, of what is an area of my life that I would like to feel or create some connection around? I just think that is such a good first step. Yeah. I mean, I get it.
1: If you feel so lonely, whether it's overall or just in one area of life, it could just be one area where you like truly need some support and you just Mm -hmm. can't find it. And maybe you're even looking at other friends saying, why can't you support me in this? Like you're mad at them Mm -hmm. because they're your friends and they should do that. But they're like really not the right people if you took a second and thought about it. Yeah. That you can find somebody for that part of your life. Like those people are out there. Other people want this too. Start putting yourself in those places around those people, join a group, Mm -hmm. connect with the people around you, become a person who goes and puts yourself out there a little bit. Yeah. Because I just think that the way that friendship has been framed is very overwhelming. Yeah, that's right. The thought of like building that true friend, real friend, whatever. I'm saying that with my eyes rolling truly because I think that we've just set these insane unrealistic expectations on friendships yeah and if we lowered our expectations and got a little more like niche intentional realistic
0: our relationships would be so much more fulfilling yeah and they would organically be more filled with depth perhaps like not Mm -hmm. forcing it but just exploring right and it bringing it back to what we were talking about earlier about friendship being like exercise, Mm -hmm. the more we can do it, the more comfortable it will feel, the more we're going to feel the absence of it when it's not there. And that may perhaps cause us to be more intentional. It's like this beautiful spiral. Also, I want to say... And I had this when I was looking for a partner, and I think it can be really valuable around friendships too, is remembering that what you want, wants you. Mm. What you want, wants you. And so if you're wanting a partner, wanting a friend, there are people out there who are wanting that also. Mm. And if they meet you, they're going to want that with you. So the trick is to leave your house, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Go out there. Yeah. Go for a walk, you know? And you can meet people online, like you and I are doing, Alex. That's a beautiful thing too. But just uh, be willing to spread your wings just a little bit because what you want wants you. I think that is like such a beautiful way to close this
1: for people to just think about that a little bit. What you want. Wants you. Kristen, thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome. I am beyond grateful for your time and your vulnerability for sharing all your experiences. This would be so valuable for people.
0: I really appreciate what you're doing, Alex, bringing this heightened awareness to this very important topic that changes lives, mm. having friendships good solid friendships and you know lighthearted friendships too and acquaintances these things all create a rich meaningful life so you are helping people create rich meaningful lives and i'm Mm. grateful for that thank you Hi, pet business owners. I hope you enjoyed that conversation that I had with Alex Alexander for her podcast, Friendship in Real Life. It's Friendship IRL. You can find a link to that podcast episode as well as her podcast on the show notes page, prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 124. That is the number 124. You will also find information and a link to my new podcast that is on all the podcast apps, and that podcast is Business Pathfinder. So now I have two podcasts, Don't Worry, Prosperous Pet Business isn't going anywhere. I love, love, love hosting this podcast. So it is not going anywhere. You don't have to worry. But really, what you have now is the opportunity to hear two podcasts with me. This one gets released about, you know, two to four episodes a month. The Business Pathfinder podcast gets released. Every Wednesday morning. So there will be a new episode in your feed. If you're subscribed to Business Pathfinder, if you're following Business Pathfinder, you will find an episode in your feed every Wednesday morning. So I also want to encourage you, if you're interested, to check out the monthly webinars that I have, the workshops. They are happening this month as well as future months. There are business related. Workshops. There are also some personal life related workshops, one being the mid year goal review. Now, that is not just personal, it's also for business, but I like to infuse the personal into the midlife goal review workshop. There are a limited number of spots available on that. Webinar. And so I encourage you, if you're interested, to grab your spot now. And again, there will be a link to that in the show notes. Also, if you've been thinking about being coached by me on this podcast, I want to encourage you to do that. I would absolutely love, love, love to work with you. I'd love to have you be on the Business Pathfinder podcast. So if you'd like to do that, you will find a link to that application in the show notes page. It's a very short application, okay? You don't have to fill out a book. It's very short. It'll be quick and easy for you to do, and that'll get you in the roster to possibly be coached by me on this podcast. Once again, the show notes page, ProsperousPetBusiness.com forward slash podcast 124. I wish you a beautiful day or evening wherever you're at in the world. Take good care. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast. It would be great if you would take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes. For any questions, comments, or pet business coaching topics you would like to hear on future podcasts, please visit us at www.prosperouspetbusiness.com or www.sixfigurepetbusinessacademy.com.